Whenever Superman is around a chunk of kryptonite, he's robbed of the strength that the sun provides him. Well, just like Superman, as Technon Theos, a child of God, your power to stand firm against the archenemy of your soul comes directly from the sun, S-O-N. The closer you are in your relationship with Christ, the greater your power. You too, though, have a weakness. It's called kryptonite. Welcome to the Point of Purity Podcast. I'm your host, Steve Etner, author, national speaker, certified professional mentor, and purity coach for the Pure Man Ministry. This is episode 144. In this episode, we continue our journey through chapter 6 of my book entitled, Are You a Superman? Becoming God's Man of Steel. This week's episode is simply entitled, Kryptonite. As we start this week's episode, I ask that you patiently bear with me over the next few minutes because, truth be told, I'm going to get a little nerdy on you. (laughs) I want to try to quickly review the whole Superman and kryptonite thing because I know some of you listening may be unfamiliar with the whole Superman storyline, and it's important that you understand this in in order to be able to grasp the points, the truths from Scripture that I'm about to share with you. So just bear with me for the next couple of minutes, please. You see... In the not-too-distant past, there was a horrible disaster that happened that would forever alter the universe as we know it. Located only 50 light-years from Earth, that's approximately 300 trillion miles away, by the way, there was this large planet called Krypton. The people who lived on it were called Kryptonians, and they were an advanced race. They were kind, amazing people, but over a little... A little over 35 years ago, there was a massive explosion at the planet's core, and it caused total, irreversible destruction. The planet Krypton blew up, and the people of Krypton are no more. But fortunately, according to the storyline, that catastrophe was foreseen by a Kryptonian diplomat, a scientist named Jor-El, J-O-R-E-L, Jor-El. Desperate to save his son, named Kel-El, Jor-El created this spaceship, kind of a, a cradle, if you will, that would fly in space, big enough to hold his baby boy. And his plan was to send his son away from that world just before the planet blew to smithereens. Now, how lucky for Earth. For that very boy became the superhero we know today as Superman. Let me give you a quick spoiler alert here, just to be sure that we're clear. Make sure that you understand that I understand Superman is a fictitious character. He's not a real alien. He doesn't truly exist. Sad fact, but true. As that space cradle, if you will, rocketed toward the Earth with with little Kal-El tucked away safely inside, unbeknownst to to anyone, it was pulled along with it in its its wake various chunks of of the planet Krypton. So when Kellel's ship crash-landed just outside of a place called Smallville, Texas, not even sure that really exists, but in, in the fictitious story it does, as that ship landed outside Smallville, Texas, the, the radioactive fragments, the, the chunks and pieces of, of that dead planet Krypton, fell to the Earth, and, and it would be later known as Kryptonite. Well, as Kellel, also known as Clark Kent, grew up under the loving care of his adoptive parents, Jonathan and Martha Kent, he discovers that he had been gifted with amazing superpowers. His great speed, his uh, ability to fly, his ability to bend steel with his bare hands, along with a bunch of other really cool, remarkable things that he could do. All of it was possible because of his close proximity to Earth's yellow sun. He drew his strength, he drew his power, (laughs) 
from his close proximity, his relationship, if you will, with Earth's sun. Well, one day as he's flying to the rescue following a volcanic eruption, he encounters this piece of kryptonite. It's a green glowing rock. And as he got near it, he noticed that he felt strange, fragile, powerless. In fact, in that weakened condition, he was completely vulnerable to the attacks of his arch enemies. You see, the poisonous radiation from that small piece of Superman's past somehow blocked the powerful effects of Earth's sun. So whenever Superman is around a chunk of kryptonite, he's robbed of the strength that the sun provides him. By the way, another spoiler alert, just in case you don't know this or or, or think I might not know this, (laughs) there really are no actual pieces of kryptonite lying around because there never was a literal planet called Krypton. Hopefully you're not too disappointed, but that's just part of the science fiction story. But thank you for allowing me just a moment of, of enjoying science fiction. And here's why I went into such detail. You see, just like Superman, as Technon Theos, son of God, child of God, Your power to stand firm against the archenemy of your soul, your ability to effectively live a life that honors and glorifies God all the time, comes directly from the Son, S-O-N. The closer you are in your relationship to Jesus Christ, the greater your power. And by the way, another little tidbit here, unlike Kal-El, unlike Superman, you really are, listen to me, you really are a superman. You're not a fictitious character. I just, I just thought you'd want to know that. And yet, let's be real here. Just like Superman, you and I have weaknesses. Don't deny it. Don't, don't reject that. I, you know it's true. There's something that can take you down without any warning. Let's call it your kryptonite. It's that radioactive element of your past life before Christ. It's that temptation. It's that sin It's that habit that you used to enjoy, and and now it just constantly hounds you. It's that habitual self-centered action that that just so easily trips you up. I don't know, maybe it's a lustful thought, a, a lazy streak, a flare of anger. Maybe it's a hint of pride. Could be a piece of triple chocolate fudge cake. Could be a can of beer, a cigarette. Maybe it's a desire to just cut corners at work so you can save some time or save some money. I don't know what it is, but the archenemy of your soul does, and he skillfully uses that kryptonite to his advantage. Whatever your kryptonite may be, it's a chunk from the planet of King Me, and it's nasty. It's nasty. Are you hearing me? It's nasty. Oh, that stupid kryptonite. Well, before we can move any further in this episode, it is vitally important that we get to a very singular important point, to know genuine victory in our battles against evil, to live lives that truly glorify our Heavenly Father every moment of every day, of every uh, month, of every week, all the time. We need to begin with the fact that even as Technon Theos, even as a son of God, our natural human tendency is to give in to temptation and choose to sin. Believe me, I know. For years, I focused all of my attention on changing outwardly. I I tried to behave the way I thought I knew God wanted me to. I, I tried to live a life that impressed everyone around me with the things that I knew about God and about godliness and about Scripture. But during that time in my life, 
truth be told, I struggled with a constant feeling, a nagging feeling of defeat and failure. Repetitively, I cycled through playing with my kryptonite, sinning, confessing, playing with my kryptonite, sinning, confessing, playing with my kryptonite, sinning, confessing, over and over and over again. And I can sit here before you today, right here, right now, and I can honestly exclaim, no more. Once I finally faced my kryptonite, once I finally identified it for what it was, once I dove into the Word of God and began to grow in my walk with my Heavenly Father instead of feeding King Me, I was able to develop a plan of, of protection and safety, and, and, I chose to, and I still do choose to stay far away from my kryptonite. My friend, so can you. Well, for the next couple of episodes, we're going to talk about our kryptonite. You see, as long as King Me is sitting on the throne of our hearts, everything we think, everything we say, everything we do will always and ever more be for the benefit of King Me. That's our kryptonite. That's the one thing that constantly gets between us and the sun, God's son, S-O-N. That's the poisonous radiation that drains us of our, of our supernatural ability to stand against the attacks of the archenemy of our soul. King me wants to, to, to stay on the throne. But the fact is, King me needs to be dethroned. He needs to be deposed. He needs to come off the throne of your heart finally and for good. So I'm going to challenge you right here. Stop right now and pray. Ask God to help you identify your personal kryptonite. Ask him to help you understand, help, ask him to reveal to you the areas of your life where King Me has taken over, where King Me is sitting on the throne. And then ask him to help you be his man of steel as you face down the enemy. Remember, through Christ, you can live a consistent, constant, godly life. You can learn how to walk in true victory and stay far away from that nasty old kryptonite. Well, I'm going to shift gears for a moment. It's going to seem like for the next few moments that it's a totally separate topic that we're about to dive into. But trust me, it's not. It's a, it's a parallel to what we've been talking about regarding, regarding our kryptonite. What I want to do is I want to read to you a short story that I wrote in chapter six of my book, Are You a Superman? Becoming God's Man of Steel. Here it is, and I quote, Dateline, Egypt, Genesis 8. This is Amon Ra, reporting from station WEGPT, standing here on the banks of what used to be the beautiful Nile. The nation of Egypt is still trying to recover from a plague of biblical proportion that occurred seven days ago. The Hebrew rebel Moses and his detestable brother Aaron have claimed that their God is responsible for the deplorable condition of the water across the land. As of this report, although efforts are underway to dig deep underground, no sources of fresh water can be found anywhere. The wells are filled with blood, as is the Nile and all its tributaries. This has, of course, had serious repercussions on our grocery stores, as well as all produce, meat, and dairy products, They've been impacted due to a lack of clean water. Although the stench resulting from the blood and rotting fish has become literally unbearable, Pharaoh's administration assures us that all will be back to normal soon. Wait, 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 wait just a moment, please. Hold on. This just out. A new plague seems to have been unleashed upon our glorious nation. 
Just moments ago, the two Hebrew insurgents known as Moses and Aaron were seen once again standing by the Nile, arms outstretched over the water, calling upon their God. Suddenly, an incalculable mass of frogs erupted from its waters. This station, along with all of our affiliates, is being inundated right now with reports of similar occurrences happening nationwide. Well, as you can see from these live shots on your screen, the frogs have begun to literally cover the land. Everywhere you look, as far as the eye can see, there is nothing but a heaving mass of frogs. Uh, um, hold, hold on, hold on. Oh, unbelievable. Un Osiris, pan your camera to the left. Ladies and gentlemen, as you can see, Pharaoh is giving some sort of instructions to his magi. Now, watch this. Now they are they're approaching the edge of the Nile. Yes, yes. It looks like they're going to perform some type of ritual. Hold on. Something is happening. I can see movement on the banks. Osiris, can you zoom in? Oh, no. There is now another wave. No, no, no. Wait. Wait, wait, wait a moment. Not another wave. There's a whole new invasion of frogs. I don't know if you can see this on your screen. I wouldn't have thought this possible. But there are frogs climbing on top of the frogs already here. And they continue to move inland. By Ramses, I can't believe my eyes. Folks, we now have a blanket of frogs on top of a blanket of frogs. I don't know if you can hear me at the station. I can barely hear myself over the insufferable noise these frogs are making. But we must get to higher ground. This is Amon Ra reporting on the banks of the desecrated Nile for WEGPT. A little while later, back in the palace, Pharaoh was in a foul mood. Sitting on his throne, he stared at the frog-covered floor. His servants hurried around, futilely trying to remove the frogs from the throne room. Barely hearing the announcement that Moses and Aaron had arrived over the sounds of the constant croaking, Pharaoh straightened, attempting to look as regal as he could. With frogs sitting on his lap, his shoulders, and even a large one nestled inside the crown of his inside the crown on top of his head, he watched his nemesis walk into the room. Slowly, Moses made his way toward the throne, gently nudging frogs out of the way with the end of his staff, until finally he stood silently before Pharaoh. For agonizing moments, they stared at each other, a contest of wills flashing between their eyes. All that could be heard in the throne room was the incessant croaking of the frogs, Finally, Pharaoh spoke. All right, Moses, you win. I can't fight you on this one. Go, ask your God to take the frogs away from me and my people, and uh, I will let your people go to offer sacrifices to your God. As Moses stood before Pharaoh, he couldn't stop the smile from creeping across his face. Finally, finally the Israelites could be free from this tyrant and would be allowed to leave Egypt and go serve Elohim. Clearing his throat, <clears throat> Moses bowed his head before the Pharaoh in acknowledgment of his offer. And then he said, I am so glad to hear you admit that only God has the power and ability to rid these, rid, get rid of these frogs. I leave you the honor of setting the time for me to pray for you and your officials and your people that you and your houses may be rid of the frogs. When, O oh Pharaoh, when would you like God to remove these frogs from your life? There was a brief pause as Pharaoh thought through how he was going to answer. His response sent a wave of shock rippling throughout the room. Tomorrow, 
Ask God to remove the frogs tomorrow. Recognizing that his answer surprised his guests, he continued, Oh, don't misunderstand me, Moses. I know the situation here is bad. These frogs, they're unclean, they're unhealthy, they are noisy, and you wouldn't believe the number of complaints that have come pouring into our administration over the last few hours. However, I want one more night with these frogs in my life. We'll let your God deal with the frogs tomorrow. End of story, end of quote. Don't judge Pharaoh too hastily. Why not, you ask? Because, truth be told, you and I can be just as guilty as Pharaoh. You see, we all have frogs in our life. Each of us daily encounters frequently recurring obstacles to growing spiritually, F-R-O-G-S. We have things that are getting in the way of our walk with God, our own kryptonite. If you've been following this podcast for any length of time, you remember may remember many, many episodes ago, we did a, uh, an episode entitled, One More Night with the Frogs. You see, each one of us has sin issues in our life that are affecting not only us, but everyone around us. There are things, let's face it, there are things we want to hold on to, kryptonite, if you will, things that we refuse to let go of, even though we know, we know just like the kryptonite, they are making us and everyone around us weak and miserable. In Genesis chapter 35, Jacob gathers the whole household of Israel together. And he instructs them, put away the foreign gods that you've been worshiping, the the frogs, if you will, the, the kryptonite. And then he strongly urges them to purify themselves. I ask you, my friend, what kryptonite are you playing around with and why? What, what frogs are you holding on to? What frogs are you worshiping and why? What are the foreign gods that you're holding on to in hopes that they will bless you somehow with pleasure, happiness, fulfillment, satisfaction, whatever else you may be seeking? Again, I ask, why? Why on God's green earth do you believe that a little g God can give you the things that only the big G-O-D, God himself, can give you? In Exodus chapter 20, verse 3, God makes it abundantly clear that we are to have no other gods before him. We're to fear the Lord our God. We're to serve him only, not our frogs, not our kryptonite. We must never follow after other gods, no matter what they may pretend to promise to give us. Listen, whatever is in your life today that has been taking the place of God, whatever frogs you're worshiping, whatever kryptonite you're playing around with, get rid of it now. 1 Samuel chapter 7, verse 3, it says, If you are returning to the Lord with all of your heart, then rid yourself of the foreign gods. Get rid of the frogs. Get rid of the kryptonite, if you will, and commit yourself to the Lord. Serve him only, and he will. Listen to the promise here. He will deliver you, 1 Samuel chapter 7, verse 3. Okay. We're going to hit the pause button here until next week's episode. We're going to talk more next week about our kryptonite. But until then, if you'd like to learn more about today's study, or if you're interested in learning more about our Pure Man ministry, I encourage you, visit our website. There's a multitude of resources made available to you. You can find our website at The Purity Coach. It's all one word, thepuritycoach.com. One of those resources is the book that we've been going through over these last few episodes. The book I've written entitled, Are You a Superman? Becoming God's Man of Steel. 
That book is available on Amazon. I encourage you, go to Amazon.com. Check out the book, Are You a Superman? And if by the time you get there, you can't remember the name of the book, just type in my name, Steve Etner, and you will find that book and all the other books that I've written. If you've not yet subscribed to this Point of Purity podcast, oh, let me encourage you to do so today. I don't want you to miss any of our upcoming episodes. So until next time, this is author, speaker, certified professional mentor, and purity coach Steve Etner reminding you that if you're going to glorify God in your everyday living, he must first be glorified in your every moment thinking. Look forward to seeing you next week.